Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. So I was at a conference early last year and started chatting with a woman next to me who was in the health and wellness space. And it turns out she was from Nashville, Tennessee, which is where I spent a bunch of my childhood years. When I was five, my parents moved the family, all six of us, uh, to Nashville, Tennessee. And we went from kindergarten through just around middle school before moving to Santa Barbara. Anyway, we started talking about Nashville and then somehow the topic got on food. And boy, does this woman know a lot about food. But it turns out Mikel Hill knows a lot about a lot of things. Food, health, wellness, how we think about our lives. And as I dug into the story more, what was so fascinating to me is that she runs what is one of the largest global communities on health and wellness and living in the world today called Nutrition Stripped. But it started as a hobby, started as a blog that she kept during her day job, then became a bigger hobby while she had three or four part-time jobs to spend more time on it, and then became her true calling, which she spends every waking minute building. So as we started talking about that experience, not just what you see on Nutrition Stripped and from her uh, social following and digital marketing efforts and brand collaborations, but what it looks like to really get it off the ground, a very clear and amazing jump story came into view. What I loved about this conversation was that we talked about everything. So there was a little bit on health and there was a bit on her favorite recipes. There was a bit on what a morning routine does for you and why that's important. And then there was a lot on what it takes to jump and that's kind of relevant for anyone. Uh, This is not for foodies. This episode isn't only for those who follow a gluten-free diet or love clean eating or anything like that. Uh, what you know, Mikel would tell you, and what you'll see from this conversation is that uh, jumping is about, you know, betting on yourself, and that's what the conversation centered on. So I think you'll like it. I had a lot of fun with this. Mikel's amazing. We'll be on stage together coming up on the book tour as we pass through Nashville on February 21st, and I think you'll really enjoy this episode of When to Jump. You know, really it started in grad school. So I went to undergrad and and grad school to become a registered dietitian nutritionist. That was really kind of when I took the jump a little bit to to be outside of the dietetic bubble Um, because it's never about food. Like if there's one thing that I have learned in coaching thousands of people now, it is never about food. It's, It's about so much that we have ingrained in you know, the, the emotional, mental, social, traditional aspects of food. And yeah, of course it nourishes us on a cellular level, but it was so much more than that. So I think even again, going back to just being a thirsty student and a hungry student, pun intended. (laughs) There you go. haven't used that one before. (laughs) (laughs) And learning from different professionals like yoga teachers and all of these just different types of practices on what it means to really nourish ourselves. And why does it have to look a certain way? Why does it have to be a certain kind of cookie cutter recommendation? You know, Nutrition Stripped really found me. I know that kind of sounds a little bit silly, but you know, the, the solution to my own problem was Nutrition Stripped. So you're, you're in grad school 
And it sounds like you started what is now Nutrition Stripped, your company, uh, through a very personal situation you're in. Yeah, so really my my health journey, you know, I had migraines, I had horrible digestive issues, acne, um, a little bit of depression as like a 15-year-old because I was, you know, I was in high school and I was an art nerd. So I actually was not into nutrition when I was in high school. I was banking on going to art school. I loved painting. I loved doing all of everything with design and photography. And, you know, I kind of had my aha moment when I was in high school. And I was like, well, you know what? I can't really make a living. Or at the time, you know, I was like, I can't really make a living being an artist. What do I do? (laughs) And I really loved people. And I loved when I was in high school going through all of these things, I, you know, would be taken out of school for, you know, three days at a time having a migraine. If you've ever had one, they, you know, they kind of really put you down and out. And so I just thought that this was going to be my normal. I was like, okay, yeah, like this is, this is how I will right. live. Yeah. And so fast forward, I obviously didn't end up in a psychology major. I, I had some friends who were really into um, fitness and like working out and they were some college athletes. So I started to hang out with them and really got into to sports nutrition and that was my catalyst to get into nutrition so that you know was like sophomore early sophomore year at Ohio State and so um to all my Buckeye fans out there <laughs> I was gonna say that that seems like a plug always, don't you guys always say I know the, I have to do that Ohio I, I State or something the, yeah <laughs> But I, um, you know, throughout that process, I had always, again, just been kind of a a creature of experimentation. And so throughout the nutrition studies that I was learning, I would put myself on all these different lifestyles, right? Because I was like, okay, if I'm going to coach somebody one day, if I'm going to change somebody's life one day, and they're coming at me from a different lifestyle that I don't know like I don't, I can't touch that. I don't know what it means. I need to experiment, experience that for myself. So, you know, I was vegan. I was raw vegan. I was paleo. I did microbiotics. I mean, I tried everything. I would really nerd out about it. And during that process, you know, I figured out through elimination diets and also through testing and kind of changing my lifestyle from like stress management uh, strategies, if you will. I you know, eliminated gluten and dairy. And for me, those were the biggest offenders for my health. And I, and that's why I practice a dairy and gluten-free lifestyle. It's for my health in particular. Right. And um, everybody's it, different. Oh, for sure. Everybody is so different and not everyone needs to do that. But for me, I was having really bad gut issues and quite literally an inflammatory response on like a blood level value, like from labs oh, wow. and migraines and, and all of that that I had mentioned before. Um, really cleared up within one month of me changing that part of my lifestyle with nutrition. And then also again, like stress management and taking care of myself in other ways. And so that was really the moment where I, I was just amazed. I had like this, it it sounds dramatic, but a, a little bit of like a rebirth. I had been floating through my life feeling like I was good. Like I was normal. I was like, sure. I feel, I feel fine. I'm healthy. Um, but really I didn't know what that meant until things like cleared up. I felt better and I was like, this is what it feels like to feel good. And I I need to help people reach that because how many people are just floating, you know, around their lifestyles and, and just going about their days feeling like they, they know what normal feels like, but they actually don't. If you're following the story, it's like, okay, this person has found that there's a healthier life for herself. And is that now like the pivot into being like, I need to take this to others. I want to bring my coaching, my like interest in helping others through what I've learned in my experience. 
Yeah, because I knew that if I was going to, um, you know, I worked clinically for a bit too as a dietitian before I took the jump to make uh, a literal career, a, a business. But it was, it wasn't fulfilling to me because I wasn't able to help coach people on like, this isn't just a singular thing we're working with. It's not going to be just about your nutrition because it never is. It's about your lifestyle. And so I was insanely passionate and still am to this day, even more so too, as my health has changed in the past five years of having the company. Um, and so that was, I mean, really, that was the biggest catalyst was how can I deliver this information? How can I help people find their own, oh, this is what feeling amazing feels like? Yeah. What's so cool about your jump, and we don't have that many cases so far on the show like this, it's not like you left being an engineer to start a jewelry company. You were doing something you really liked, but like you said, it wasn't that 360 degree fulfillment, it seems like. You just needed, you needed more. Yeah. Yeah. I think my, you know, my definition of a jump too might, might be a little bit, uh, unique in that case. I know you might be chatting with, like you had just said, like big, big career shifts from like different industries, but I always knew I wanted to do this when, once I was in it. Right. So in college, I always knew like I, I had to be in this field of treating, um, not treating, but really helping people feel well and, and focus on their well being and their nutrition and their health pillars. And so for me, that jump was just being an entrepreneur, right? Like I, I grew up in an entrepreneurial household. Both my mother and father have their own companies and, uh, but still, you know, Midwest, like working class, hardworking. I learned so much from them and, and also like the struggles of being an entrepreneur and what that looked like. And so I always say that it's also in my blood partially from them. And it was a big step, but I, I kind of, it's so weird, Mike, when I, whenever we talk about this too, as like being entrepreneurs and what does that look like? It's kind of odd because I, I always like knew I would do something like this. Um, but maybe I didn't know how to identify it as hmm. entrepreneur, right? Yeah. Like yeah, I just yeah. knew that I was always so insanely passionate, um, motivated, like can do my own thing without, uh, um, guidance, if you will, like having a boss essentially right. and be fine and really just push the bounds and challenge myself in ways. But I just didn't know what that was, right? I didn't call it entrepreneurship when I was in college. What were some of the things that surprised you as you started to say, I'm leaving the comforts of this? What, it was an organization, I assume. You had benefits, mm -hmm. you had a salary. What was the hard part as you started to, to break out? Especially, I mean, what year was this? Talk about the scene as you started to like, try to make nutrition stripped a company. Yeah. Okay. Let's see when, what, what timeline wise, I want to say late 20 or excuse me, 2013, uh, was really when I, again, I was working like steady job. Um, so I'm sure this is, this, this is probably a, a really common story, but you know, steady paycheck, steady job, steady hours, all of the things that, uh, you know, under the umbrella of stability and security was something that was a huge challenge for me. I mean, I, I was smart about it in terms of when Nutrition Strip began, began, it was just a blog. It was like a creative outlet because I just wanted to get out my, again, like my art, my art nerd in me. I wanted to like write, I wanted to have photos and recipes and, and get creative. And so really that was just um, kind of a, 
an answer or a solution to a job that I really didn't like. And I had no idea what social media was. I had no idea what a blog was, but I, <laughs> I read like a couple and I was like, okay, this is cool. Like I just want something where I can just therapeutically feel like I'm helping somebody and I have no idea who they'll be. And I had like, you know, 80 readers for maybe the first couple of months, which I could probably identify every single one of those as a family member or a high school friend. <laughs> but nonetheless, it, it felt great. It felt supportive. And I felt like, yes, I'm putting the word out and helping people through these nutrition articles or through a free recipe and, and guidance. And so what started to happen was um, I took it. I took it pretty seriously because I wanted to keep myself accountable. So I was consistent with the the postings. You know, I do two blog posts a week, Tuesday, Friday, which till this day, almost five years later, has consistently been our schedule. At Amazing. least a Tuesday, Friday blog post. Wow. Uh, and we've we've of course like grown to like five blog posts a day now, or excuse me, uh, a week now. So. I started to get emails trickle in, whether it was from like a fitness magazine or women's health magazine or a person who was like, hey, I live in India and I really love your blog. And I was like, whoa, what? Like, like you're not in Ohio or you're not in Nashville? You're not related like, how to How are you me? touching base <laughs> with me? Yeah. And I thought that was extremely fascinating because it was like that really opened up the whole global conversation that health, um, no matter where you're from your background, what have you, like health is universal. We all can agree that we want to feel good. And so when did you, you, when did you jump? So I had, after those emails started to come in with supportive comments about just the content, it was, you know, Hey Mikkel, I see you're a registered dietitian. I would love to do coaching with you. Are you practicing and are you taking any new clients? So meanwhile, as I'm doing this blog. I'm working like three part-time jobs. A couple, Most of them are heavily um, nutrition focused as in I'm hired on because I'm a dietitian. Another one was just like a random writing job where I was talking about health, but it wasn't like they hired me on as a consultant or anything. Right. So I was working, I mean, literally from eye open to eye night or excuse me, um, eyes closed at night and was just working nonstop. And so it really started to happen for me when people came in the inbox and were like, Hey, I want to coach with you. And I figured this is my dream, like to be able to coach somebody one-on-one -on -one and to be able to impact lives like on a more personal level. And so I was like, how do I do this? It took a lot of guts to be like, you know what, I'm actually going to run with this idea of having a private practice and just feel this out. And so I did, I started to take clients and that was really the main thing that kickstarted nutrition stripped as a company. So it was really interesting because I kind of caught the wave at the, at, at what I felt was a, a pivotal time. And I was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to do this. And if I'm going to do this, I have to quit everything else I'm doing because my energy cannot be spread thin. Right. And I'm already burning out before I'm entering into this company. Yeah. And that's not a good way to be. So, you know, I mean, quite literally, I was smart with it. And I had about, I want to say maybe like three months, three months of savings in case like, shit hit the fan <laughs> right, exactly. and like nothing worked. Um, at least I would have like three months to get my, you know, to get back on track. Yeah, totally. And that's so huge. You know, I mean, sorry to interrupt, but I think that like that, especially with your presence on social today and, and in digital marketing and in, in wellness circles, like people know nutrition stripped. I actually came across a partnership you guys are doing with another brand while I was on a totally random website unrelated to health. And I was like, man, Mikel is blowing up, but <laughs> you look beyond that. And it was like you said, three part-time jobs, 
uh, eye open to eye shut, you're working, and then it's like one coaching session, then another, and then one more, and then you get to the point where it's like, okay, I have enough to give this three months of a shot. And I just, I, I'm sure I sound like a broken record sometime, but I th- think that just is so to the core and essence of what a jump is like, right? It's not seeing your ad or seeing how many followers you have and be like, wow, life's pretty easy. It's seeing that, that nitty gritty you just described and knowing that that's what it takes. Yeah. Yeah. I think the biggest thing, um, it's never an easy, yes, I'm going to do this, right? There's a lot of thinking that goes into it. I also think it has to be fueled by passion to make that jump. Like if you don't have passion and you don't have like, um, that pull, that like gravitational pull, like, yes, I, this is meant for me and I have to do it. I think that was such a powerful motivator for me to take that jump because I knew I wasn't going to be happy just waking up every day and, and feeling like I wasn't able to just give my all to complete strangers, but at, at attempt to help them. And I also think it was, it was about putting a bet on, on myself. You know what I mean? Like right. what, what kind of position am I in if I'm not even willing to be like, yes, Mikkel, you got this, right? So I had a high sense of self-worth and self-love and confidence in myself to know if I'm going to make this work, I'm going to make this work <laughs> yes. and, and, and it's going to work because you talk about, you know, jumping, going from, you know, maybe like a position before you go into entrepreneurship, but even as you're an entrepreneur, there are daily jumps and there are daily jumps I'm, I experience now. Um, so it's, it's really interesting. And I think I always go back to the, to the question of like, would I put a bet on myself? And if so, then, then take that leap, then go for it. I remember when I was back uh, from playing squash and I had this idea for when to jump and I was looking for someone to be like, hey, just do this. And I remember I had lunch with my friend Tim and I was describing all this and I was like, well, of course I wouldn't do it full time. And he just looked at me and he's like, why not? Like, why wouldn't you just go in on on this? Because no one else is going to bet on you if you can't bet on yourself. So I think sometimes you have to have a Tim in your life or sometimes you just have to, uh, whether it's it's getting these inbound coaching opportunities that you had that, that pushed it over the edge, but either way you got to take, you got to jump, right? If it wasn't a jump, yeah. you're just walking and that's not as fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think support is a huge one too, Mike. I mean, like you just said, you had a Tim in your life. I had, I had my dad and my mom who both had different views on it. My mom was like, what are you doing? kind of thing like totally does this, like what is what is like and like what is a digital business like you're a dietitian you're like, you should be like in a hospital <laughs> and I was like no 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 like I'm I'm doing something that isn't here um and I'm making it here you know like wow. this isn't in my space and I'm gonna do it and uh and then my dad was like yeah like let's go you know so it was wow. it was it was nice so I enjoyed that diverse support because it made me number one like cautious and question and analyze but then it also gave me that extra validation and uh you know a little bit of ego boost because you got to have the tens in your life (laughs) yeah exactly no and and sometimes like you said with the conversation with your mom it's not necessarily hey this is great go do it like you have people that love you that are looking out for your best interests and from their perspective you know, what's safe for you isn't necessarily what you think is best for you, right? There's like a little push and pull. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Were there ever points where you almost stopped where you're just like, this isn't what I want to do anymore or this isn't going to work? Yeah. I think the times where maybe I was coming from a place of fear of uh, and or like self-doubt, 
right? Like I think we all, I do, I experience those in waves as owning a company, but also having a company where I have massive dreams that we, that we're still going to get there. Yeah. Like there's still more of this vision, like this isn't it. Right. And so there are tons of times where I will have that experience, but never was there a time where it was, it was too heavy where I was actually questioning, do I need, do I need an out? And again, like, of course I've had those conversations like, man, I'm just having a bad day. Like nothing's going right. Like there's a huge challenge with the company or X, Y, Z. And yeah, I'll let myself feel pretty bad and like beat up for a minute. But at the end of the day, there is absolutely nothing I would rather do than even walk through all of the all of the hardship that comes along with it, all of the challenge and like questioning your own beliefs and like and also your own strengths and your own resiliency. Okay, can we switch gears because I want to get to the health and the food stuff very selfishly because I just saw my doctor <laughs> and was she was like giving me this hard time about my diet, but I'd also just love to hear what you see as like really easy things people can change around their lifestyle. And I think a lot of people, maybe me included, would look at like health and wellness even a few years ago and be like, oh, I don't want to go near that. That seems touchy-feely. There's got to be some like basic things that we can all take away from this conversation as we go for our next meal. I just looked up, I have on my desk, my printout from my doctor's notes from last, it was, um, last Tuesday of what I should be eating. And we could kind of go through that if you want, but I'm actually more curious about what you have to say. <laughs> so first of all, I totally want to go through those notes to you. because <laughs> That <laughs> was a cat out of the bag. I, mean, me, I really I didn't mean to. Okay. I commend your physician for prescribing you uh, a diet. That's incredible. Not a lot of physicians in the United States are, um, you know, equipped with nutrition knowledge or even kind of play around with that world. So I think that's incredible. Um, but no, I'm a big fan of action steps, actionable items and things you can do. And, and I want to take a step back. So really the mission behind Nutrition Stripped, hence the name Stripped, right, is to make it really simple to feel good, really right. simple to live whole. So we're talking about our mental, emotional, spiritual well-being, to eat well, of course, like nourishing our body, but also enjoying food, enjoying food because it's so much more than just fuel to ourselves. It's how we connect with people. It's how we enjoy a date night with a significant other or enjoy a family meal and connect. And it's so much more than just the nourishment. Um, and, you know, and doing all of these things really help you feel really good and feel your best. And so, you know, with wellness as it's booming, I think it's really um, captivating to kind of go down the hole of superfood powders and all of these like mm -hmm. additions and things that you hear and all these adaptogens and like yes they have a time and place and I think they can be really great in your diet if you're ready for it and if you're at the point where you're already in a routine that feels good and you kind of want to amp it up but I think for most of us it's about making it truly simple so just taking a big look at your of your lifestyle first. It's not even about your diet first. Like right. this is a conversation I have with clients. Is like let's like what's up with your life? Like how are you moving throughout your day? Are you stressed? Are you anxious? Are you calm? Are you satisfied with how you feel and and um, from like a physical standpoint with eating and also an emotional standpoint? Because I could give you the most you know 
perfect quote nutrition plan for you. But if all of these other pillars, pillars of your health aren't in check and you're unaware, or you're disconnected with them, you're really doing your, your wellness and your well-being a disservice because you're not, you're not going to really optimize right. and really get that goodness out of it, if it makes sense. So I think the biggest thing for all of you who are listening also, especially um, getting into the world of becoming an entrepreneur, it's even more important and vital. You have to take care of yourself. If there is anything that I've learned um, being an entrepreneur, it's taking care of yourself, having a routine where there's, um, you know, like I'm a big fan of the morning routine. So this could be a step one for all of you is to think about how can you prime yourself you know, each morning to do something that makes you feel grounded or if that's too abstract, makes you feel like yourself and that you're focused and you're ready to be productive and you just feel less reactive and more in the present moment, just kind of like an alchemist, like just dealing with things right. as they go by with the flow. So really I focus so much more on the mental emotional because everything else will just click a little bit better once you get into that before I'm saying, hey, go start with a green smoothie. Um, because obviously that would be like a nutrition pillar that I would say like, yeah, get those greens in, making sure that your meals are really balanced balanced i mean like you know having a good amount of veggies 75 percent of your plate or bowl if they can be veggies that would be amazing yeah. <laughs> and then having some really high quality protein whether you're vegan and do plant-based or animal protein um healthy fats some carbs you know most of those vegetables of course are going to give you fiber so that's really kind of creating a nice little happy hormonal effect on food and nice blood sugars and you're actually fueling your cells um, because it helps you think better too. Yeah. So you, do you see what I'm saying? It's all yeah, full totally. circle. And I mean, really it's a practice. They don't call it practice for anything, for, for nothing. You know, like yeah. I, there were, there was, um, a year really like year two going into year three of the company, I experienced like a pretty bad burnout. And I think it's because of that, um, that burnout that I realized, wow, it, it really is so imperative that I practice what I preach and that I take the time for myself every day to get, to get right, um, and to eat well and to drink water. I mean, again, these sounds so simple, you guys, but once you're in it, it can be so easy to prioritize work over yourself. Um, and that's not the way to go because you're not going to show up fully for your company if you can't show up for yourself. Wow, that's exactly right. And I think that applies to especially those who are not in health and wellness, right? I don't think mm -hmm. this is just for people that are just part of this world. I think it's 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 almost by definition for people who might not be thinking about food as a broader context of their life, which is what you're saying. Yeah, 100%. If food and health and like wellness is like a little woo-ha for you and <laughs> and it's it's something that you don't really think about, this isn't even about that. It's about how can you be your most productive self too? Like if you want to take it that angle of, of using it as a strategic tool or a competitive edge, how can your brain be spinning faster and how can you allow more creative, innovative space for yourself? So, you know what I mean? If you're not, if you're not, um, there biologically by like fueling yourself literally with all of these different, um, you know, pillars of health, then totally. you're not going to be your optimal. So yeah, it's not even a health and wellness thing. It's just like, how can you be a better human? <laughs> right. Yeah, it's right. literally, it's that, yeah, fundamental, definitely. Yeah. And I think it goes to 
you know your tagline of nutrition stripped live whole eat well and feel amazing that's that's yeah. that's the dream right um, that's that's or that's the goal yeah that's the daily practice the daily practice and yeah. it is a practice it's funny you say that about routines and there's all these different articles and studies on the effect of having a routine in the morning on your life uh but again totally personal perspective on this but I work out at the same gym at the same time, 6 a.m. with the same group of people five days a week. And then I eat more or less the same thing, which kind of was one of the things my doctor brought up that mixing it up is good. But I got into a routine of just, here's what I'll do, A, B, and C. This is when I'll check my phone, which had nothing to do with like health and food, but had all to do with like how I felt about what the day would bring and how much Mm -hmm. my stress was rising and things like that. Like I I try to go the first hour of the day without looking at my phone. And yes, it'll still be early when I finish, but it's still a self-control practice that I have to enact every single morning. And I find that the results are pretty, I don't know, to me they're important because it, it makes the day feel like I'm going to get a lot out of it. When I get to my computer, I turn it on, I'm stoked rather than wake up, roll over and see everything I have to do or I haven't done from yesterday. Yeah, a hundred percent. I also think too, like with routines and the reason why I like them from like a behavior standpoint, it's, it's, uh, you know, the whole concept of decision fatigue. We, we have so many choices alone around food, really, if we break it down. But I mean, thousands of decisions and choices that we have on our plate every single day. So if there are some things that you can just kind of put on autopilot, even better, right? Even better if those choices are on autopilot are, bettering your health and making you a better functioning human, then I mean, yes, yes, yes to routines. Yeah, <laughs> so, absolutely. Yeah. That's I why can, I'm a yeah. huge fan of the morning routine and mental priming and physically priming myself for the day and, and all of that. Well, Mikkel, this has been such an interesting conversation for me as your friend and who still finds it fascinating to just hear your story and the advice you give and just the holistic way you think of your work and your life and, and, and what the impact can be. Um, I, I guess I'd go back to what you said earlier, maybe to wrap up, you know, your parents or maybe yourself, you know, was convinced that you couldn't make a living being an artist and you went into food. Did you ever think you could make a living being into food? Um, yeah, I did. Yeah. I, I mean, I think, like I said earlier, I think it was just the, the combination of putting a bet on myself, um, mixed with maybe being a little bit stubborn, super determined, um, yeah. passionate, right? Like it was all, it was like this little recipe that really, um, yeah, allowed me to feel like I could, I could do this. Mikkel, do you have a favorite recipe that your go-to favorite that you would give somebody if they're like just getting into cooking? Hmm. Let's see. Well, if I have a couple, so if you're just getting into cooking and like you might be a little bit of a newbie in the kitchen, I would say check out the sweet potato pecan tacos. Those are a huge fan favorite. Um, (laughs) So delicious. I would say if you're a little bit more on like the wellness sophisticate side, like you're already doing meditation, you have morning routines down pat, then I would say do the stripped green smoothie. And that is uh, quite literally like a garden and a blend it up into a smoothie. It's incredible. Tons of fiber. Um, feels great. Gives you great energy. Um, and again, it's just all about squeezing in extra nutrients when you can. So that one would be for, for those folks. Cool. And those are off your website. You can find them, I'm sure. Yeah. We have hundreds, if not thousands of articles now on the Nutrition Strip blog. 
um, which is just nutritionstrip.com. Um, tons of resources from wellness to nutrition to the recipes. And and again, like Mike, you were saying earlier, it's been really cool because it's it's such a support system as well. It's not just like this online, you know, blog. It's it's a really amazing community. That will do it for this week's episode of the When to Jump podcast. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed Mikkel's story. It is one that I just think is so cool. Anyway, if you want to find us on social, you know where to go, at When to Jump. If you want to find us on our home platform, web-based, it's whentojump.com. The book is out. We are on tour across the U.S., London, Sydney, Dubai, overseas, uh, just check us out at whentojump.com slash booktour to find out more. And again, if you want to share your jump with us, we'd love to hear it. You can record an audio note, send it to jump at mcmillan.com. That's M-A-C-M-I-L-L-A-N.com. Thank you so much for listening. I hope to see you soon on tour. And again, I'm Mike Lewis. I'll catch you next week. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. <laughs>